the Making Sense of Life podcast, episode one. According to J.K. Rowling, life is difficult and complicated and beyond anyone's total control. The humility to know that will enable you to survive its vicissitudes. The Making Sense of Life podcast will not only empower you to navigate through a fast-changing world, but also to grow in body, mind and spirit. Inward change precedes outer transformation. As the ancient Greek author Plutarch once said, what we achieve inwardly will change outer reality. This podcast is sponsored by Logos Medical Legal. Sunil also works privately with senior leaders. Go to drsunil.com forward slash corporate to find out more. Hello and welcome to the Making Sense of Life podcast with me, Andrew Horton and Dr. Sunil Raheja. So I guess my first question, Sunil, is what is wisdom? Yeah, wisdom's not a word we use very much these days, is it really? It seems to be from an uh, from a bygone era. The best definition of wisdom that I've come across is capability in the complexities of life when the rules don't help. And if you think about it, it's questions like, should I marry this person or not? Should I take this job or not? Or I'm in a meeting, for example, and uh, somebody says something. Should I challenge what is said or should I remain quiet? You know, there's no clear textbook answer to any of those qu- th- those issues or those questions. Uh, there, there's, there's a lot of greyness. Uh, and yet your response to those questions is going to affect your life maybe for years, decades, for a long time to come. And uh, that's why you need wisdom. So, as you say, wisdom is so important to have in today's kind of busy life that we have. So give us a few examples of why it's so important. Yeah, I think one of the things is, I think because of technology and the internet, we are surrounded by information. We're probably drowning in information. Any subject you look at, they say, I think, the amount of information in any subject doubles every 18 months. Uh, I was reading the other day that, uh, according to Reuters, uh, the amount of information produced in the last 30 years is more than the last 5,000 years combined. Wow. So there's a lot of information out there, but it's not the same as having wisdom. And just having information isn't going to help you necessarily navigate through the complexities of life. And, uh, you know, as this very much this, this podcast and, and the website at drsignal.com is very much about making sense of life in a challenging and complex world. And to do that... Uh, you and I are going to, to need wisdom. Uh, wisdom is, as they say, as old as the hills. Um, I think of uh, a quote from Aristotle in, I think, about 350 BC, which was that anybody can get angry. It's easy to get angry. But to get angry with the right person at the right time, in the right way, for the right reason, that is really hard. And uh, I'm sure you can vouch for that. It's it's uh, knowing what our right responses should be. Um, the, uh, or thinking even further back than that, I think it's um, the... In the Old Testament, one of the Proverbs of Hezekiah in, I think it's chapter 26, verses 4 and 5, it's an interesting couplet because what the verses say are apparently contradictory things. The first one says something to the effect of, answer a fool according to his folly, or he'll be wise in his own eyes. And the very next um, verse says, don't answer a fool according to his folly, or or you'll you'll become like him. So just think about it. It's saying somebody, you're in a meeting or you're with some friends or you're somewhere and somebody says something that's completely outrageous or ridiculous or maybe even stupid. And the 
the first proverb is, the proverb is saying is that you better tell them that what they're saying is ridiculous or stupid or foolish because if you don't um, then they'll keep on thinking that what they're saying is sensible and the, the very next proverb is saying that if somebody says something foolish or, or, or ridiculous or stupid don't say anything uh, because if you do you'll get into some kind of difficult situation which you won't be able to get, get yourself out of um, and yet which one is right <laughs> there's no textbook answer to that and um, some people say well that just shows that maybe the the bible is uh, is contradictory but no i'd say actually it's showing the the wisdom if you like and the nuance of 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 the scripture because sometimes when somebody says something ridiculous it is very important that you speak up and other times when somebody says something ridiculous or clearly wrong it's probably wise that you don't say anything at all now you mentioned about there's, there isn't a textbook for life. Obviously, the Bible is, 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 has principles that we follow and, and instructions, of course, as well. But, uh, uh, and it's part of our relationship with God as well. So it's, it's in the context of a relationship. And I think that's the key thing. It's, it's not a sort of do A, B and C and then a result will follow. No, you need, you know, the, the Bible says that in Christ, Christ is the wisdom of God. And so it's, it's he is our wisdom. He is the one who helps us to know as we face each day and the challenges there about which path I should go and what, what I should do. I'm very interested, Sunil, in what you were talking about, this information overload, because I think a lot of people, myself included, try in this today's world to get more information about things to solve our problems. But in a sense, what you're saying is we don't need so much the information all the time, loads and loads of information to find out our solutions. But we need wisdom. Is that what you're saying? Yes, I think so. Um, you know, working as a psychiatrist as well, one of the things that we do, which is, which you know, we get to, to know the patient and we get to know the situation, the circumstances that, that, that have led to the presenting problem. But I came across a quote from Positive Psychology, which has already always struck me, which says that the solution doesn't care where the problem came from. And yes, there is a place, I'd say, in thinking about your past and thinking about maybe the, the bad things that happened to you and the reason why things are a mess at the moment yes there's a place for that but there also comes a point where you also say well look okay whatever happened in the past whatever the reasons that we've got into this mess there they are what they are but let me make a decision now to as it were move forward from that as it were rather than recounting the past recounting the problem describing how bad it is because whatever you focus on will get bigger so i can guarantee you, if you focus on the problems that you have and the ways that things are not working in your life well, those problems and difficulties will get bigger and bigger. Whereas if you focus on what are potential solutions, what are things that we can do rather than things that we can't do, uh, then you'll be able to move forward with wisdom. An excellent example of positive psychology, as you say. So what sort of things can we do practically to help ourselves to be wiser? That's a, that's a great question, Andrew. Um, one of the things that's also emerged is that although, although we don't use the word wisdom, Actually, we do use the word emotional intelligence, which was introduced by somebody called Daniel Goleman about 30-odd years ago. And he's helpfully described it as a combination of four things. He talks about it in terms of self-awareness, self-management, relationship awareness, and relationship management. Um, so it's about the self and it's about relationships. And the other thing is that it is a learnable skill. I mean, one of the things I find quite scary um, is that especially as you, as you get older, you notice both in yourself that you have these habits that keep on, keep on, and keep on. Annoying habits that you have about yourself that you want to change. As well as you notice in other people that 
you know, although they get older in years, they still have the same patterns of behavior, the same faults, the same niggling things, and they don't seem to get rid of them. And, and some people do. So chronological growth, you know, growing, you know, growing physically is more is automatic for most of us. But growing in wisdom is not necessarily so. But wisdom can be learned. And I think Daniel Goldman's work of emotional intelligence um, puts that in a modern day context. So if we think about those four things, as I said, they, you know, in terms of relationships and awareness. So first, the first was self-awareness, being able to think about myself, being able to think about my own thinking, being able to get outside of my own shoes. Now, again, that's not that's not university prevalent, but the ability to think about my own thinking is something that is a God-given gift. You know, it, it it distinguishes us from all all the other animals in the world. You know, I always think of, if you think of, of, of a cow in a field, a cow in a field doesn't say, I was here in this field yesterday eating grass. I'm today in this field eating grass. Tomorrow I'm going to be in this field eating grass. Isn't my life boring and meaningless? Thankfully, cows don't think that way. If they did, we'd have a lot of neurotic cows. But that's the negative side. But the positive side is that you can stop and think, and, well, look, you can have the self-awareness to say, he or she said something nasty. I'm really angry with them. I could be nasty back, but I, I could use, well, obviously you wouldn't use these words, but this is what would be going on. I could use my self-awareness to stop and think what would be a more appropriate way to respond. You know, I've been married, actually I'm coming to 25 years next year actually, and uh, one of the things I've noticed in terms of being married is you obviously get, hopefully you get to know your wife and she gets to know you better. And what's interesting is that Obviously, I have a certain way of responding in situations. I'm, I'm tend to be, um, in certain contexts, more outgoing, and my wife is a bit more, um, as it were, introverted. Or introverted, introverted, not the wrong word. Um, uh, uh, is a bit more sort of will step back and and think before commenting. Whereas I may at times speak out more. And one of the things I think of being married is that you begin to realise actually, depending on the context, sometimes it's right to speak up and sometimes it's right to hold back, and. I have found myself thinking in a certain context, I wonder what Sally would do in this situation and is her response a better response than the one that I would automatically do? So that's the self-awareness. Mm. Um, then there's a whole issue about managing oneself, the self-management. And again, we need, boy, do we need that in this day and age. You know, at mm. any moment in time, you know, we've, we've got our iPhones or our Android phones or our computers yeah. and you've got a huge choice of places that you can go. Um, I think Peter Drucker, uh, the great management guru, said that the biggest change of the last hundred years is the proliferation of choices. Mm. And no one's going to tell you which one to do. You know, I, th I think when you wake up in the morning, there's a choice of 500 breakfast cereals. <laughs> I was in the I was in the gym the other day and I was on this exercise machine. And basically the exercise machine was offering me 100 TV channels I could watch. Mm. It was offering me uh, a whole host of radio stations I could listen to. Mm. It was offering me walks that I could go through as I was doing my, 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 my ex on my exercise machine, walks all over the world, all over in the USA, in New Zealand, in Australia. And you've only got two eyes, two ears <laughs> and two right. feet. And when you can be in one place at one time. So, you know, um, the self-management is a huge skill. And if you think about at work, you know, you have all these emails coming in and all these things that you could potentially be doing. But what is the best use of my time at three o'clock in the afternoon on Monday when I think about, you know, the amount of energy I've got and the, the, uh, the place that I'm at, the context that I'm in, uh, when I think about what the priorities are that are coming up in my week, you need wisdom.
You need wisdom for that and emotional intelligence. So that's self-awareness, self-management. Then there's relationship awareness as well. And being uh, being aware of other people, being aware of how other people think and feel, you know, one of the highest forms of that is, is empathy, being able to put yourself in other people's shoes. Uh, and again, that's not automatic by any means. Um, some people obviously intuitively are very good and very, very aware of other people. But uh, but sometimes you, you can't go overboard on that because, you know, it, it, you have to have an appropriate level of, of awareness of other people. You can't... You don't want to get worn out by, exactly. by other people. Yeah. yeah, worn out by other people, worn out by their needs. But again, you want to be appropriately empathic and appropriately involved with other people. And then the whole issue of relationship management as well. And then thinking about, you know, working with colleagues at work, family, uh, that whole um, friends, keeping up with, with all the myriad of relationships that we have. And again, technology is both a blessing and a curse in that way, because we can, we've never been more connected than any other time in history. And yet, you know, we have that phrase Facebook friends and <laughs> it's, it's almost a, a joke, really, you know, just because I've got, I don't know, uh, 20,000 people on, on my Facebook. Does that really mean I've got friends? You know, it's, it's how do I manage those things? I don't want to say that that, that, that the technology is wrong by any means, because I think it's a great tool. But we've got to be very, very uh, deliberate. We need wisdom to know how to use um, all these things in a way that empowers and uplifts us and can be used for, for the greater good rather than that something that discourages us, demotivates us and gets us depressed. So as you're saying, we've got the most choice that we've ever had and we're the most connected with people that we've ever had. So it, it's a difficult kind of world to live in, isn't it? So that's definitely why we need so much wisdom. Absolutely. And I, I think wisdom is needed just as much today as, as, it, ever, as it ever has been and it always will be. Yeah. Sinal, can we look at some biblical principles now? Can we look at uh, how we can see this from God's perspective and God's wisdom? Yes, I think that's that's that, that's a great point, uh, Andrew. Uh, if I th if we think of the Old Testament, and particularly the Book of Proverbs, talks a lot about wisdom. Uh, I love the the Message translation of the original Hebrew, and I've got some quotes here. So, Proverbs chapter one, verse seven, in the Message Message translation, stars says, "Start with God. The first step in learning is bowing down to God. Only foo fools thumb their noses at such wisdom and learning." And then Proverbs fifteen, verse sixteen, "A simple life in the fear of God." It's better than a rich life with a ton of headache. And again, Proverbs 15, verse 33. Fear of God is a school in skilled living. First you learn humility, then you experience glory. You, you know, it's, I, I think it's somebody mentioned that those, those little nuggets are a bit like tweets, if you like, you mm. know, on, on, on your Twitter feed. Very, very profound and very, very, very rich in, in their meaning, worth reflecting on. Um, the... I quoted from the message translation, but if we go back to Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, in the New International Version, mm. it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, mm. but fools despise wisdom and, in and instruction. And so from the scripture, a clear link is made between the fear of God and the first steps we make in wisdom or emotional intelligence. So if you remember we said earlier on in, in, in this podcast that we define wisdom as capability in the complexities of life mm. when the rules don't help. And so if you like, wisdom is the skill uh, in the art of living. You say it's an art, it's not a science, it's not a step one, two, three. There, there's places, there are principles, but it's an art as well. Um, and in the same way that, you know, we can appreciate and applaud an athlete or a football player with their incredible skill, 
when they you know when they score the goal or uh, when they run the four minute mile or a cricket player hits that six mm. but just as much preparation and skill is needed to, to develop in the art of living life with all its complexities and challenges and as we we've been saying how much more so in our media saturated and technologically driven world but if you just recall those definitions that I gave you from the Old Testament, did you hear that word fear? Did you, and it seems an odd word to use, you know, it's saying that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Because when we think of fear, we tend think to think of being scared, don't scared we? Scared and terrified and, and cowering. Um, but again, uh, you know, and, and I've mentioned him before, but one of my heroes, Tim Keller, has really sort of drilled down into what do we mean by an appropriate godly fear? Uh, and he talks about it in terms of the phrase, and again, it's a very rich little tweety, tweety kind of phrase, wonder-filled, bold humility. The combination of boldness and humility. Again, that seems very strange, but it's, it, it, it powerfully sums up the kind of life that results when I get that balance between the magnificence and majesty of God with the realisation that in Christ I'm completely loved and accepted. So you've got God who's awesome, you know, who's put the stars in space, mm. And yet who loves me and accepts me with all my failings and perfections and knows everything about me. I mean, that's that's living in wonder filled, bold humility. Elsewhere in the Bible, also, it talks about the coming to the throne of God with confidence, doesn't it? As well? Yes. And again, on what basis can I should I come with confidence? If I come on the basis of my good deeds and the good things that I do, then that's very sort of um, temperamental. So I have good days, I have bad days. And if it's based on my goodness, then... Uh, I, I'm, I'm really struggling. I mean, there's there's a podcast, there's a there's a blog post on which I've written about why I struggle with religion that goes into that a bit more. So we the conf, on, on what basis do I come to God? I come to God with confidence because it's on the basis of what Jesus has done for me. So that it instills a certain fear in me because I realised, my goodness, my sin was so serious that He had to die for me, and yet He loves me so much that He chose to do that for me. So I can't live a, a, a blasé life. I must live it uh, w with wisdom. And so Tim Keller talks about that that wisdom is being afraid of, of what life would be like without him and be, being grateful that because of his love, we will never have to face the despair that Jesus did and that he's gone through everything for me. So that's one thing, if you like. That's this, this um, uh, wonderful, bold humility. And there's, there's a fantastic um, video on, on the website if you just Google under wonderful bold humility on drsnill.com you'll you'll see that um, that video that, that really tries to capture the wonder of, of 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 who we are and 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 what we have we'll put that in the show notes as well won't we soon yes we'll do that as well and the other is, is hungering for all that god is and all that he has for us so when i define fear in such terms that becomes life transforming and opens me up to an incredible world of opportunity and possibility. It takes the focus off myself and my petty concerns and worries and brings about a healthy respect for myself and the, and the world. So I, I'm not just a random piece of humanity, but I'm intricately connected to others from the past, the present and the future. I am, again, as the psalmist says, fearfully and wonderfully made. And my life and your life, ordinary as it may appear on the surface, has intrinsic value and purpose. Um, I always go back to C.S. Lewis because he's got some fantastic things to say. And one of my favourite quotes that, again, illustrates this in terms of living with godly fear and living with wisdom. Uh, this is a quote of his. It says, It's a serious thing to remember that the dullest and most uninteresting person you talk to may one day be a creature 
which if you saw it now, you would strongly be tempted to worship, or else a horror and corruption such as you now meet, if at all, only in a nightmare. All day long we are in some degree helping each other to one of those destinations. It is in the light of these overwhelming possibilities, it is with the awe and circumspection proper to them that we should conduct all our dealings with one another, or friendship, or love, or play, or politics. There are no ordinary people. You have never talked to a mere mortal. Nature, culture, art, civilization, these are mortal, and their life to ours is as the life of a gnat. And so what Lewis is saying there is that relationships and people matter, and the decisions that we make in this life have huge consequences. And I know that a number of our readers and, and listeners are from a whole variety of faith backgrounds. But o- what I'd say is all you've got is today and this moment to show your love for others, to do the work that God has given you to do. And that's so important that we do that with wisdom. If you've enjoyed today's conversation, you can get all the show notes for this episode from drsunil.com. And could you do us a favour? Head over to iTunes to rate the programme. This is by far the best way to get this content into the hands of those who need it most. Also, do you think about who you could pass details of the podcast on to? Don't forget to check out the blog for more great content. That's drsunil.com, helping you to make sense of life in a challenging and complex world. Until next time, goodbye for now.